0: describes the six bombs that he constructed with a level of specificity that he identified the differences among those six bombs. There was no indication of why these specific addresses in those that were delivered to homes or those that were placed in the community or those that were mailed. There was no reason given for why he selected those individuals.
1: So what brand of crazy was this uh, person, the Austin bomber? And then how did they catch him? What was the technology used to figure out who he was and get on his trail?
2: Indeed, both facets uh, of that story. Really, really interesting. And Matt Zapatoski, the national security po- reporter for The Washington Post, has been kind enough to join us to discuss it. Hello, Matt. How are you? Hey, great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. So listen, let's start with the, the apprehension. Uh, There is some pretty interesting technology put to use to find this guy quickly. Tell us about it.
0: Yeah, so at the beginning of this case, police really seemed lost. They thought the first bomb might have been like a drug deal retaliation gone awry. They were exploring family ties between the victims. But as more and more bombs started going off, they were able to use this technology that helps them place cell phones at a location. So they, like, look at a cell tower and see, okay, what were the phones that pinged off this tower? And the more locations that you go to that they can match to that sort of, of that tower or different towers they they zero in on a phone so they're zeroing in on this this guy's phone this Mark Condit's phone and then he sort of escalates even further he uses a tripwire and he sends some bombs through FedEx. At FedEx they get him, albeit in a disguise on a surveillance camera, they get a good description of his car, and then they're off to the races. They end up cornering him outside a hotel and it leads to this dramatic confrontation where he ends up detonating a bomb and they shoot at him and he ends up dead.
1: Well the description of a car, you know, all that sort of stuff, we all get that, I think. But that first part, that's interesting. So so you have a crime, then you get the information of all the cell phones. That were in that area with the crime. Then when there's another crime, you get all that information. And then I suppose a computer crunches down and, hey, there's only one phone that was in both of those places or all three of those places. And then you got the guy.
0: Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the sort of short of it. And the more locations get you get, the more you right. can crunch down. You know, at two cell towers, you, there's going to be tons of phones that go by two cell towers. Three fewer, you know, four even fewer. So the more, you, the more information there, you get the fewer phones you can zero in on. Now, that in and of itself probably is not enough to get the guy, but it's a key piece that, that puts authorities on the
1: trail. Well, it sounds like a couple of more bombings they'd have been able to narrow it down to his phone maybe. And that, that's both uh, exciting from catching bad guys and troubling from a tracking us all standpoint, but it's interesting either way.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to your point, you might have a list of people after four bombings, but if you can come up with one other piece of evidence, then suddenly you have more layers to put on the, the kind of filter of, of who's a suspect. So, Matt, uh, the other question that Jack mentioned uh, introducing you was that. Um, this guy seems to be a fairly normal young man. The family is horrified and shocked and nobody knew what evil lurked in his heart.
0: Yeah, look, I would say to that, that feels like the thing we always hear after mass shootings or incidents kind of like this, you know, oh, I'm, I'm so shocked by this. And typically, as you sort of pull back the layers of the onion, you you sort of see maybe there were signs. But you're right that right now, this seems like a normal guy. He was homeschooled. He had been enrolled in community college, though he didn't finish. Uh, his family just seems devastated and shocked by it all. In Investigators are interviewing or were interviewing a couple of his roommates to see what they might have known about all of this. And we still don't have a clear sense of what knowledge they did have. But it does seem, at least by these initial accounts, that he was a normal guy and there weren't any at least super obvious warnings.
1: No history of mental illness or any of that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, not, not that we have found so far, but again it it's pretty early and sometimes, you know, you give it a couple days and people will come forward right. maybe with, with right. stories. Well
2: said. That's why we like talking to you, Matt. Um and so far no criminal record uncovered. Uh, but back to the the roommates, my understanding is that they lived in a junker of a house judging by the video I've seen. Uh, but he the the bomber had dedicated one of the rooms to being his bomb lab and had all sorts of parts and materials and stuff in there. So just yeah, I think there's Go ahead,
0: sorry. I think there are some tough questions for the roommates, you know, and yesterday uh, we had a reporter outside the house saw what we think is one of them. I guess we're not totally certain of this, taken out in handcuffs. Authorities interviewed them, and authorities haven't ruled out charges for anybody else, at least not that I've seen. So, you know, they probably have some tough questions to answer, at least about maybe not their involvement, about what they knew about what was happening.
2: And any sniff of anything political, racial, religious, Religious, uh, personal beefs, anything from this guy
0: not so far. So we understand he was generally conservative-leaning. He had written some posts online expressing kind of anti-abortion views and he was opposed to gay marriage. But those aren't like beliefs that necessarily would lead you to a crime like this. And apparently he left this 25-minute recording um, describing why he had done what he had done. And police haven't said exactly what he said, though they indicated it was just kind of personal life grievances wasn't political. Uh, one initial theory was that this might have been racial because two of the first victims were black and the third was hispanic, but then there was a couple of white guys who ran across the tripwire and police said they don't have any indication of that he had picked these people in particular for any reason, so it doesn't seem like hate at least right now was was a driving factor.
2: One more loser who thought his grievances were so important he got to hurt innocent people. I think that's the long and short of it.
1: Hey, back to the cell- phone stuff. Do you know, is that information that is just available to the police? Did they have to get a warrant? Um, uh, How that whole thing works?
0: They have described having to get a war- warrant in in this case. I guess I don't know specifically. They haven't said we needed warrants. I think generally they do need to get that, you know, get warrants to get that kind of information from the cell phone providers.
2: Yeah, I we've had a couple of correspondents from law enforcement recently who've described a process of, Depending on who you ask um the 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 giant list of numbers they don't need a warrant for according to one guy but as soon as they hone in on a number and say we got to figure out who this guy is then they do need a warrant but it may even vary jurisdiction to jurisdiction I don't yeah. know. Uh well anyway maybe that can be your next article Matt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll have to look into that for you guys.
2: Matt Zapatoski, National Security Reporter from the Washington Post. Final question Matt. Are you following the Donald Trump, Joe Biden, if we'd fought in high school feud.
0: <laughs> I saw some tweets to that effect this morning. Well, it's, um, it may
2: be the most astounding thing I've ever heard in my adult life. And they're both
1: engaging, both the former vice president and the current president, going back and forth on who would have whooped whose ass back in high school. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Straight in that time. fight?
0: <laughs> It's a strange times we live in. I, I wouldn't want to <laughs> handicap that one. I'm not a not a betting man.
2: Well, keeping in mind, in their cases, that was 55 to 60 years ago. That makes, <laughs> I was a great high school football player, look legitimate. Yeah, I mean, that's I, just sad. That bet I could throw that football over that mountain. Yeah. Matt Zapotosky of the Washington Post. Matt, it's always a pleasure. Thanks a million. Yeah, thank you.
1: He didn't. He did not uh, enjoy that last part of the conversation.
2: I think he's probably too busy reporting on national security to be fully engaged in that story, which is to his uh, regret mm-hmm. because it is horrifying. It is simultaneously at the same time horrifying and hilarious. While we're talking about scumbags, briefly, the video that
1: came out yesterday of the Vegas shooter who killed fifty some people and injured a whole bunch more. Oh, yeah, I watched that. I just saw a little bit of it. It's very long. Yeah. It's all the video that they have of you when you're in Vegas, which is a lot. You're mm. always on a camera. Mm-hmm. Pretty much in your life, you got to remember that. Whether you're sticking your finger in your nose or stealing office supplies, you're always on camera. Pretty much everywhere. Or you're missing your spouse
2: and there's uh, movies available on the TV. I assume they're videotaping that in your room. So what struck you about this, just the um, the, the video of the Vegas shooter, just the banality of his existence before he did this precisely he was living a very normal existence for a guy spending a handful of days in las vegas there's nothing at all notable about it except that he was repeatedly seen getting on elevators with a couple of suitcases and took
1: a long time to get all that equipment up to his room
2: right and knowing what was in those suitcases is horrifying but the banality of it yes is really what strikes you it 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 does going to the convenience store he's getting snacks playing slot machines chatting with people having a nice meal Mm. taking a little walk to stretch his legs it 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 it, it is striking i'm not trying to claim it is but what do we expect
1: him to be doing like sitting there going like growling or the fact hmm. that he was uh, spending time on recreation that's weird I mean, the going back and forth, up and down the elevator, just looking like a regular guy. I don't know what else you're going to do. You've got to eat, so he stops
2: right. at the convenience store. But Why he, would you spread out what you're doing over the course of several days? The gambling thing is get, pretty interesting. Well, right. Get down to business and, and just, you know, taking walks, walk, stretch his legs, whatever, chatting with fellow patrons, blah, blah, blah. Of course, of course. I guess you've got to do something. So if he is watching
1: TV, it would seem weird. I mean, you've got to do something in between. <sighs> yeah, I guess. Waiting for the concert. Yeah. It is, it's something to watch, though. Right. It's weird to watch that guy standing there in the elevator, checking his watch, you know, looking around, thinking he's going to kill a whole bunch of people in a little bit.
2: Boy, this half For hour no has, particular reason. has turned really deathy. Uh, but we got to talk about the police shooting in Sacramento.
1: Before we get to that, I got a couple of clips of Jay Leno I want to hear. He was um, on The Tonight Show last night. Jay Leno. Hmm. We've got he used his, to host it, didn't he? His first joke ever on the Tonight show from 1977 when he which was Johnny a Carson, guest on Car- Johnny Carson's. right, which made him a star.
3: And it's a Jimmy Carter
0: character.
1: He's something. And it was the anniversary so he did some jokes with Jimmy Fallon last night. Oh, okay. We'll see if they're funny or not. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty show.
0: Armstrong
3: and Getty,
2: the conscience of the nation. Viva
3: The Armstrong and
0: Getty Show. What remains of the day, remains of the I get getting kicked out of newsmen, because newsmen always use the same metaphors. Another senseless killing early today in mid-Manhattan.
3: Senseless as opposed to what?
0: <laughs> Sensible killing? Man was beaten and robbed of 12 cents on the west side, a senseless killing, whereas on the east side, a $1,000 killing, very sensible.
2: <laughs> Pretty good. good. No Made audience laugh. reaction, though? Made, Made me
0: laugh.
1: Yeah. Did you watch any more of it, or yeah. did you just hear the one joke? Just that's, the one joke I, that's I saw. That's Jay Leno's uh, Tonight Show debut in 1977. It was the anniversary episode. He went on the Tonight Show last night with James Fallon and <laughs> did a couple of jokes. And a lot of really talented and really accomplished actors have been accused of sexual harassment. Also, Steven Seagal. <laughs> In fact, I was talking about this just yesterday with my Uber driver, Kevin Spacey. That's what we were talking. <laughs> talking.
2: Matt, oh, did you want the other one? I don't one? get sure. that. Uh, oh, because he's desperate for work now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I get it. Now I get it.
1: Matt Lauer fired from the Today Show, and Matt had to learn the hard way when Al Roker says no, he means no. <laughs> Charlie,
3: Ro- how about Charlie Rose? Walking around naked in front of interns. When did newsmen start
0: behaving like this? I remember Walter Cronkite prancing around in front of Margaret Thatcher. Take a look at that, Margaret. And that's, and that's the way it
1: is. I chuckled uh, a couple times. Yeah. The uh, the image of Matt Lauer and Al Roker doing it is kind of.
2: I'm just uh, I'm a little discouraged that Jay Leno unleashed a joke on me that I couldn't follow. It was too sophisticated. <laughs> He went too deep. (laughs) Hey, the thing about Jay Leno, though, and I think Joe knows this, is that
3: he's a great stand-up comic.
1: He's one of the best ever.
3: Yeah, he's totally different than what he is on The Tonight Show.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm telling you, I was suffering physical pain. I was laughing so hard when I saw him do his full stage act. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, and it was edgy. It was great, he dumbed it down
1: for the tonight show, made a gazillion dollars, and stayed number one for like 30 years or something. He's got this <laughs> new
4: show out, too, where uh, I've seen maybe two episodes, but he's clearly in his element. It's him essentially just with his, in oh, his garage, Jay Leno's little. garage, yeah. yeah. And I've seen a great. number of
1: episodes of that on cars I was
4: interested in. It's a pretty cool yeah. show. I'm not even a car guy, but it just seeing him in yeah. that element and his passion, he's it's he's
2: good at that.
1: Never had children. I don't know if his sperm don't work or the old lady can't do it or what. Or.
2: To use the technical term, Um,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe he didn't want any kids. So we're trying to avoid getting to this, I suppose. There, there was a, uh, uh, a shooting. Police shot and killed a guy in the Sacramento area. It's getting national attention now. It's one of those. Did the police overreact? Is this appropriate stories? And there's videos, and people are looking at them, and you know know the story. You know how these go.
2: Well, the fact that there are videos and body camera videos and the rest of it is very instructive. Uh, The long and short of it is the gent was unarmed. He had only a cell phone and was shot like 20 times uh, in the backyard of his grandparents' house. (laughs) Nobody knew at that point it was his grandparents' house. Um, The guy had been doing some crimes. Uh, there had been calls to the coppers. The coppers found the guy via the police helicopter. He was smashing windows and cars and a house or two, at least one house. Police helicopter was fine, Was following him, directing the ground officers uh, where to go, where he was running to, et cetera, et cetera. They're pursuing him, and they end up uh, in the backyard with this fellow. Um, shout, show me your hands, show me your hands. One of the cops says he's got a gun. Many shots were fired off. Um immediately afterward um they continued shouting show me your hands and it was clear the guy wasn't going to do anything cuz he'd been shot a lot of times and the cops asked each other were you hit are you alright are you hit um so you know unless they're the world's greatest actors they actually thought he had a gun in the dark of the backyard you know in this situation um you know it's it's another great example and this sort of this theme comes up again and again People who see it one way are utterly unwilling to admit the other side has any sort of point and vice versa. Some activists are a little upset with the fact that for some reason, as the cops are looking for him, um, well, I'm sorry, about six minutes after the shooting, an officer can be heard telling another officer, hey, mute, and then they mute their microphones on their body cameras.
1: Mm, what's that mean?
2: Video continues. Officers can be seen speaking to each other and at least one civilian on the scene for about two more minutes before the video ends. Les Simmons, pastor and social activist in Sacramento, who viewed the footage with two of the uh, dead man's uh, family members, said, We asked, Can they do that? They all just muted their mics. It was a moment of, What are they doing? What are they saying? I didn't know that was an option. That kind of takes the fun out of
1: having body cameras if you have the ability to turn them off if you're going to do something untoward.
2: Yeah, Or why not? You know, I think actually the pastor put it pretty well. Can they do that? What are they doing? What are they saying? That's not a good move. Reminds me of, and if there is a reasonable explanation for it, I'm sure it will come in via the email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com or 415-295-KFTC if you'd rather text. But uh, it reminds me of um, the one commentator saying of Trump's lawyer, if you have an innocent client, act like it. Um... The same time, you know, some of the community activist people are denying the fact that this guy was guilty of a number of crimes. He has two beautiful little children. The criminal? Yeah. yeah. The dead guy. I should say the dead guy. Well, he is a criminal. He's been convicted of multiple crimes. What Um, kind of crimes? Oh, man, I don't have it in front of me. Should Um, that play a role
1: in the discussion? I don't know. There's
2: a burglary charge, I believe a weapons charge. There may be an assault, but don't quote me on that. I don't have it right in front Hmm. of me. I
1: don't know if that makes any difference. Uh, you know, I don't know. Violent crimes are different than a guy breaking into cars. You don't get shot dead for breaking into cars. So maybe that's, I don't know. I don't know if that has any role in this whatsoever. Right.
2: You know, listen, it's it's worth mentioning, and, and everybody's so quick to judgment and come down on one side or the other. We don't feel the need to do that around here. I will tell you this. If you are doing crimes... And you get into the hiding from cops in the dark business, you're doing something very, very dangerous. I don't recommend it. Um, So this guy, uh, you know, the activist, his family members putting the accent on the fact that he has two beautiful children um, that he was trying to raise, a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And the rest of it. They don't want to talk about the convictions. They don't want to talk about the crimes. They don't want to talk about how incredibly ill-advised it is to do what he was doing. And he may be a crazy guy. He may have mentally mental problems or whatever. But it seems clear that the cops were, at the very least, in earnest in wanting him to do what he had to do to not get shot. And then were convinced that he had a gun in the immediate aftermath. I mean, seconds after the shots stopped. They're asking, are you hit? Are you all right? So. But he didn't have a gun. Nope.
1: What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Another shakeup on Team Trump.
3: White House in overdrive looking for the Putin phone call leaker. And you can add a California county and two more cities looking to divorce themselves from the state's sanctuary laws.
1: Okay. Stories coming up. Uh, getting to the bottom of that can you mute the mics on your body cams thing is interesting. Uh-huh. Should that be an option? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. There's a delicate... Dog- the Man of Sacramento, Daryl Steinberg, who I've hated now for almost 20 years. Uh, because well, he's way to a, nurse that grudge. Because he's a lying bastard. Um, uh, He has said he's not going to second-guess the cops making a split-second de- decision, which makes me think that he doesn't think there's something there, because he's certainly the sort of guy that's going to make a big deal out of it if he thinks it's going to help him politically.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the family, uh, they're saying he was murdered by the police. He's a martyr. They will make his name known nationwide, like Trayvon Martin, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, search of Sacramento Superior Court records finds four related cases to the uh, the decedent: two felony counts of domestic abuse, to which he pleaded guilty and agreed to complete a treatment program, an 08 robbery charge, and charges in 2013 for possession of a firearm and possession of a controlled substance. Um,
1: None of which the police knew when they no. Uh, it's in not in the fun- backyard, so right.
2: it's not fundamental to that uh, very quick decision to shoot or not shoot. It it does speak to the idea that there's no way he was doing crimes. He was totally innocent in his backyard, especially because the police helicopter showed us the video of tracking him to where he ended up being shot.
1: I hate these unarmed people getting shot stories, though. Oh, of course. Freaking
2: awful. Of course. Yeah. And the cops aren't big fans of it either. But yeah, there are a number of experts reviewed in the, uh, the Washington Post, for instance, has a couple experts saying, yeah, it's it's. It's unfortunate, but it's justified, etc., etc. The USA Today headline is Unarmed Black Man Shot Dead in Sacramento by Police.
1: That's technically true.
2: Uh, It is, certainly, but uh, I could certainly parse that headline and why it was written that way, although we all know why it was written that way, so there's no point.
3: Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump's lead attorney is stepping down today. John Dowd resigning as the president shakes up his legal team. Trump has been considering adding more firepower to that team to more aggressively confront Special Counsel Robert Mueller's Russia investigation. Now, it's not immediately clear he'd be taking over as the president's lead personal attorney, but Trump earlier this week hired another veteran Washington lawyer, Joseph Digenova. He's been he's now joined the legal team. Digenova was expected to play a forward-facing role on that team filling what Trump felt was a lack of voices publicly defending him and challenging the special counsel. DeGenova has publicly argued that Trump had been framed by the FBI and Justice Department officials. So Trump is gearing up. Yeah, boy. Meanwhile, the president is described as infuriated over the leak about his congratulatory phone call to Vladimir Putin this week. For his part, the chief of staff John Kelly is equally dismayed and reportedly working hard to find the source of that
1: leak. Well, they ought to be.
2: Me if too. it was a spy movie, he'd be killing himself. And so I suspect.
1: That you can't you can't run a country like that. Whether whether you like the president or don't like the president, you can't run a country like that.
2: Yeah, you, it is inexcusable. Unless they, I wonder if the person thinks they're some sort of brave defender of the oh. American people against the evil that is Trump. It's possible, or are they just the sort of person who really enjoys showing off their access? It's, uh, which is the national yeah. sport in DC. There's really. a third
1: option, but um, like MSNBC is going with that first option that if it's, it's brave patriots who who recognize that Trump's a out of control a maniac and they're wanting to alert everybody to it, the fact that he didn't follow his note cards. Which I don't understand that part of the
2: story. Freaking president gets to ignore the advice of advisors. Well, I mean, plus, that's... it was made clear that that was in a briefing that he may not have looked at prior to the call because he'd always been already been briefed verbally about the call, and it's not clear at all whether he ever saw that card.
1: But he could have people around him who think he's a maniac and they're, they're being true patriots. It could be somebody who, uh, you know, is getting something on the side either um, or j- just likes being the big shot sure you call up their media reporter's friends or maybe they're getting paid mm-hmm. or sex or something from a reporter
3: senator to, to
0: give up information
3: senator marco rubio speaking out on this i do not like the fact that
0: he congratulated putin but i think longer term the real problem is you have some duplicitous individual close to the president who's turning around and telling it to the media if you don't like the guy quit leave but don't be duplicitous and don't undermine the presidency
2: plus it's all it's selective leaking this person isn't leaking when a great decision is made and lives are saved or whatever else it's it's obviously somebody with an agenda.
1: So now I heard it described as a very small number of people that it could even be. Yes. I don't have any idea what that small number is. Are we talking like it could it could only be four people, or are we talking forty people?
3: I think Uh-oh. I think it sounds more like six six to ten max.
1: God dang it! I would I would want to get them all yeah. in a room. Okay, well, nobody we're all staying on the weekend here. Nobody's leaving this room till we figure out who which one of you is doing this.
2: I might go high school gym teacher. Nobody steps forward, you're all fired. Yeah, that's one way to do uh, it. We're going to spend eight hours in this room. I'm going to leave this room. Y'all are going to sit in here. Every damn one of you is fired. Unless one of you steps forward. Why don't you guys work that out? I'll see you in eight hours.
1: God, I remember one time I wish and I then could...
2: Re- you give them all knives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could remember all the details of this school assembly. I don't think I was there originally, but somebody had thrown a... Wadded up ball of tape. Which it, Which actually a wadded up ball of tape
2: is pretty hard. It's got some yeah. weight to it. Oh, I've played exciting games with tape balls.
1: Anyway, at an assembly, somebody had thrown one and hit a teacher like in the side of the face near the eye.
2: Oh, that's not cool. No, well, no, it's not. That's an assault, Jack. I can't believe you're making light of this. <laughs> Am I? Uh, but so, but they wanted to know who threw it.
1: And so it ended up being a thing where we were on lockdown in this gymnasium, all of us, and the time just kept dragging on. Nobody's leaving until somebody, you know,
2: admits who, who did this. Wow. And
1: I don't remember how it ended, but it went on for a they very long time. probably
2: started dragging people to the middle of the court and executing them. It lasted a very long time. Until you turn in the person who did
1: this. It was very exciting as a
2: child, I remember. Yeah.
1: Very dramatic. Yeah. Because I didn't do it, because right. I'm not the kind of person that does that sort of right. thing. But um, You're no tape chucker. And I didn't know who did it. But, uh, yeah, we were there. I wish I could. Re- you would think I would remember how it ended. I just remember being in that gymnasium and thinking, we're going to be here all night? What about what? dinner? That's what right. if I have to go to the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> You're a practical man.
3: <laughs> Orange County and other cities could be opting out of California's sanctuary status. The Orange County Register reporting that the county, as well as Aliso Viejo and Buena Park, are looking at following in the footsteps of Los Alamitos. That city's council voted on Monday to go against the state law that limits cooperation with ICE agents. Immigration advocates say cities that do the same are breaking the law, and they could be
2: dragged into court. Oh, now you're you're a big uh, law and order person, are you? That's yes. hilarious. Yeah. And as we said yesterday, so you got this, the country declaring, you know, we're going to enforce immigration law. You got a state saying no, we're not. Then within that state of county saying, yes, we are. Then within that county of town saying, no, we're not. And then a single neighborhood says, yes, we are. And then a dude says, yes, we are in the living room, but we're not in the bathrooms. And then, <laughs> come on. <laughs> what
3: did 95... 95-
2: God, California. God, this just, just, just... It's an amazing situation.
3: What did 95% of shoppers want when they go to brick-and-mortar stores? 90- Bricks-and-mortar. 95%. If shoppers want, what do they want most? I don't know. To be left alone. (laughs) (laughs) Name brand products at a good value. (laughs) Right, Michael. Good point. (laughs) HRC Retail Advisory did a survey and they said they want to be left alone. They don't want salespeople coming up and saying, "Hey,
1: can I help you? What are you looking for?" It's a tough one, but you you gotta, you gotta kind of. Well, it's a tough because if you hover too closely, I leave. I just, uh, you're good me out. I'm, yeah, I'm going to go yeah. somewhere else. Right. But the <laughs> I can't find anybody to ask a question also will make you pretty unhappy. Hey, d- d- does this, is there anybody that works here? Does anybody know if this works or not, or if this price is right, or whatever?
2: As a dewy-eyed young lad in the food service industry, Jack, somebody uh, made the point to me, the perfect waiter is completely invisible till the moment you need them, then they're right there. Mm. And that's, you know, that's what you shoot for. And
1: I hate the, uh... of course, maybe they think I'm going to shoplift. But I hate the... Because <laughs> I dress like a bum. I look yeah, like a whole well, bum. That's true. Um, uh, but I hate the hovering over me, watching me. Leave me alone, yeah. would you? They look at you that way? Kinda, it, it's because he's black. Uh,
3: oh. Could be. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience of the nation.
1: And now the bell of freedom. <laughs> no!
2: Ring on, oh bell of freedom, ring on. I am often dressed like a what a shoplifter would look like if a shoplifter has a look, I suppose. Well remember when you were at the inauguration, you were practically a cartoon assassin. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you have, you have a gift. <laughs>
4: Did you see the uh, on the Twitter when you were at the basketball game that some fans saw you found
1: you on the TV? Oh, did they really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Yeah, my mom did. She stayed home and watched the game and saw us behind the bench.
2: Yeah, somebody did like a screen capture and drew a circle around you and
1: oh. you and your pop. You Hilarious. were wearing purple, I think? Yes, I was okay. wearing my lavender shirt that
4: I wore yesterday and the day
1: before. <laughs> what? what? Jeez. Do you dress like a bum or are you one? So I've worn that shirt three times in a week, which is probably enough. <laughs> you rinse it out every night? <laughs> yeah. It's oh, been washed. YouTube is planning a Karate Kid series that follows the characters 34 years later. Yeah. The show is entitled Ralph Macchio's Mortgage is Due. And, uh, thank you. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So what's the story on that? This thing looks hilarious.
4: So this is picking up the story of the Karate Kid. This isn't like a, a new Karate Kid or anything like that. It is It is a YouTube TV series picking up of the lives of these uh, of of Ralph Macchio, the Karate Kid, Danielson, and Johnny, the guy that he fought in the climactic right. battle of the initial one, right? The hated blonde-haired kid, right? This thirty-four years later, so they're both forty-something. Daniel Daniel Larusso has taken the fame that he got from this high school karate tournament and has become somewhat of a local celebrity, and he's used the celebrity to open up some sort of what appears to be a luxury car dealership. <laughs> so he's living the high life. He's big. He's big up. There. He's wearing suits. Johnny, he did not take the loss well. He appears to be in some sort of drunken haze of a life.
2: Oh, it the, ruined his life. Yeah, he, the Nazi man K. They, Johnny.
4: They, they, they introduce him waking up on next to like a tip, tipped over beer on his floor. Right. Oh. But a bit of a character flop. Because he seems, Johnny seems to be playing the role of Mr. Miyagi in this one. Where he is, they're, they're kind of positioning LaRusso as like the, the corporate guy. Right, and now he's John- turned into a dick. Yeah, yeah, and now Johnny's the guy who opens up a dojo, teaches kids how to defend themselves against bullies. Like this wow. looks fascinating and hilarious. <laughs> but, but his I earlier humiliation still has driven him to drink. <laughs> fascinating. Oh boy. Oh, and Daniel LaRusso, he does cool car ads where they're chopping the prices. <laughs> Oh, oh I like it. We're, yes. we're kicking the deal. Oh man, this is good. You know, I can't initially wait for this. I
2: couldn't understand why anybody would have any interest in it, but your hook and make oh, this is no, possibly going to be the best thing that's ever been on the internet. <laughs> uh, we didn't talk enough about this giant
1: spending bill that passed. Oh my god, people are bored yeah. by spending bills. It is your money. It's that giant chunk of money that, that, you know, when you get your check, there's a number up here and a number down here, and the number down here is way less than the number up here. That money in between that goes to the government, it's being spent right now in this giant 2,200-page spending bill that's getting zero attention there's like three people in the entire city of washington dc that actually know what's in it it's going to pass and it's going to be signed because we're all bored we're all bored with the idea of paying attention i guess
2: well you're so right it occurs to me and then the soviets knew this and putin knows this and the great thieves of history know it the the great heyday is not when you get away with crimes it's when people become so bored by them they don't care anymore And there's no resistance. Now the crime is out in the open, and you can't even get anybody interested in it.
1: Well, and there's no party even pretending to be the fiscally responsible party anymore. Right. They just just say, well, we
2: got ours in it. Yeah, it's just
1: where you want the money to go. We're more into the military side of things, and we got a giant increase. We're into domestic spending as Democrats. We got a giant increase. Mm -hmm. How how is this? You know, we hit, was it Friday afternoon I tweeted about it? We officially hit $21 trillion in debt. It was a milestone in our history. I went I went back through some of the uh, the other milestones. We hit one trillion I think in 1982. We're now at 20 21 trillion um, yeah. and, and just it's just not even an issue anymore. It's just not something people talk about.
2: hey uh, can you throw up some links uh, Hanson Nansen Panson would you for uh, number one uh, a video entitled um, Rules for Rulers." You'll find it on the YouTube very quickly. A lot of people drive and they'll forget the name of it when they get there. And we aim to serve here at the Armstrong and Giddy Show. Service is our hallmark. Uh, so, rules for rulers. So, is the you video. aim too, please. Um, hilarious. You'll notice there's no P in our ool. Uh, moving along. And the other thing is a book called The Dictator's Handbook. If you're not into the <coughs> thing, man. Yeah, that's the video. And uh, dig them. It's all about the fact that any regime, be it a dictator or a democracy, needs swag to hand out to ensure loyalty. And we're just handing out such ginormous amounts of swag these days to ensure people's votes that we've completely forgotten about the very concept of being, uh, um, well, bankrupt and what it would mean.
1: We'll tear into that a little bit more tomorrow.
0: And now, final thoughts. With Armstrong and Getty.
1: Okay, great. I peed myself. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, Marshall Phillips, what's your final thought?
3: Well, I got to tell you, I ran around the house cleaning it all up the other day, and then I got a phone call and my former girlfriend is not going to come flying oh, in to see me. Oh, man, that's a letdown. Yeah. Why? Why? Uh, something came up.
4: Make sure you keep talking about it on the radio, though.
3: <laughs> well, <laughs> she doesn't mind. Yeah. Yeah, the
2: upside is your house is clean, yeah, right? Well, that's true. Yeah.
3: Michelangelo, your final thought. Yeah, don't use dating apps. Pick up your mate at a red light. Just roll down your passenger window and yell out your phone number. When the light turns green, drive alongside and wave. You'll be married in no time. <laughs> <laughs> that's an
4: excellent tip. Positive Sean, your final thought. Yes, March Madness is back. Four games happening today. We have another uh, a mirror match. We have the Wildcats facing the Wildcats. Wildcats will win that one. I have the, the Wolverines over the Ag the Seminoles over the Bulldogs, and the Wolfpack over the Ramblers, because I'm just picturing a Rambler as like a hobo who have all their possessions in a handkerchief tied uh, on the edge of a stick. Yeah. I think a Wolfpack takes that guy out. Oh, please. Yeah. Eats
1: him and his stuff. Jack. Yes. You predicted the biggest upset in NCAA history last week. so
2: Yeah. Bet accordingly, folks. Jack, your final thought.
1: Yeah. Last week, we hit $21 trillion. We hit $1 in 1982. We started this century at 5700000000000 trillion. We're already at $21 in debt.
2: This is the greatest theft in the history of mankind, and it's from one generation uh, to another. It's astonishing. My final thought do I have time for this? I really don't. I do not. You got squeezed out. You all have been so greedy, so selfish, you've left me no time, and I resent it.
1: <laughs> that's your final thought? Yeah. We will try to bring you some of the particulars of this new giant bill, that's, spending bill that got passed. See you tomorrow. God bless America.
0: This is a historic act.
3: for what we've done.
2: Thank you, and good night. The
1: show's over.
3: What?
1: Bye-bye. Wolf Blitzer now goes by his porn name,
2: Wolf Blitzer. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.